0: hey y'all welcome to another episode of the upgrowth mindset podcast if this is your first time listening hey and if you're a seasoned listener welcome back my name is jade aka Jadekins, and i'm your host for tonight and i'm your host india every night every
1: episode jade you're the host every time what are you talking about
0: okay 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 y'all this is my first time being able to lead it off so she's not gonna give me no type of leeway once again i'm jade aka Jadekins, and i'm your host today (laughs) (laughs)
1: so y'all listen we have a really special guest that's near and dear to our heart joining us today our mom stephanie hey sj hi mommy hi
2: Um, kiddos how are you guys we're good. How are you? 50
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, my God, Mom.
1: All right. So just a little background about Stephanie, um, a.k.a. our mom. Mommy. She's originally from um, Little Rock, Arkansas, but she currently resides in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, she is the mother of two amazing young Black women. Hey. <laughs> Indian Jade, which is you know, us as
0: yes. you guys' favorite host.
1: Ow. Um, she's also a grandmother to a
0: spoiled
1: annoying tail grandpuppy named Shelly.
0: Uh, leave my baby alone. And she is not spoiled, she's <laughs> just we'll love. All right.
1: And when she is not being a mom to us and being a grandmother, she is also a blossoming. Um, business owner who specializes in meal prep, comfort foods, and alcohol infused desserts, y'all.
0: Y'all, that henny cake. You gotta you for real gotta be 21 or older for that henny cake. That joint fire. Yes, fire. Yes. So welcome, Stephanie. Hi. Thank SJ. You love hey. You looking good today. Thank you for dropping by in the studio.
2: Well, thank you, thank you. It was nice being here with you, ladies.
0: Yay. Yay. Oh, mom. Mom. All right. Okay. 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right. So today we're going to talk about losing a spouse to death and dealing with bipolar depression. So let's jump into this discussion, y'all.
1: So um, obviously being your kids, we know um, that you suffered a loss of your spouse, um, but for those viewers who are listening in who don't know you um, and don't really know your story, could you tell um, tell us how did your husband die and um, how old was he?
2: Well, my husband, Tyrone LeVan Johnson, died at the age of 21, and he died from bronchial acid. When people fail to realize that even though you think your asthma is controlled with medications uh, eventually you will have what uh, what is amount to like a grandma's seizure but it's not a grandma's seizure but a big asthma attack where you don't know and it takes you out mm-hmm. it literally kills you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah I I definitely am an avid um, asthma, asthma, I guess person. Who, asthmatic. Yeah, asthmatic. asthmatic. Thank, thank you, you, mom. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, who do not all the time take my inhalers. So, um, I definitely will keep that in mind. Um, because I did not know that, but
0: yeah. So, mom, um, let me ask you this question: um, How did Daddy's death affect you? Like individually first and then as a parent being a single mother, a new single mother. So how did that affect you individually first?
2: Solo, it threw me for a loop because I could not believe, he literally died in my arms. And the hard part was, I'm seeing the life leave his body, but I'm praying to God This ain't Mm -hmm. happening. And I know you guys don't remember, but you were on the bed with him because every time he laid down to go to sleep at night, before he go to work, y'all would get in the bed with him and go to sleep with that. So it threw me for a loop because I was just like, this is not happening we had made plans to move into our new house that weekend. I mean, it's just hard. I, it struck me hard because yeah. we had made plans for you guys for us the future, what we were planning on doing. We were planning on being in St. Louis for ten years. Then we're moving to out of state. We were either gonna go to Florida or to Texas. So it was just a loss. And as being a single mom, I was a single mom before because I had UJ Mm
1: -hmm.
2: but I had a new little person which was two and trying to explain to her why her daddy wasn't coming back was the hardest thing I ever had to do and I'm I'm giving all these long technical terms and she's looking at me like huh Mm (laughs) and it took you You were six at the time. You just told her, daddy's not coming home. He's not coming back. We'll see him. We'll see him later. We'll see him in in a new world. So the thing to me was was trying to get you guys to understand and comprehend. Because me being older, even though I know what death is, it still wasn't making sense to me. If you get what I mean,
0: yeah. To to explain it to a child, is I'm pretty sure it's it's difficult to explain death to a child, especially in terms where they can understand it.
1: Right. I, I yeah, I couldn't imagine
2: um, what that would be because because India for a long, she knew her dad. She knew you. And daddy came home at 12 o'clock
1: mm-hmm.
2: because India, you went to school with a half a day, kindergarten, half kindergarten, day. Right. Mm-hmm. And daddy came home from work around 12 o'clock. So you came in, daddy didn't come in and she's looking through the house for dad. And daddy was nowhere to be found. So that was the hardest thing for me to get her to stop looking for daddy Mm
1: mm-hmm yeah um with that you said to you know how how i guess I'm, i'm trying to think of how to to phrase this um this question um just ask it how how did how did that make you feel to know that here i am you know you know what happened Obviously, Jay, you know, probably is kind of aware of what's going on. But to see that, to see, you know, I'm looking for him every day, like where, where he at? He normally is here. Like, what was that? What was your thought process or like, what were your, your feelings during that time?
2: I was so overwhelmed with feelings because it was one, it was a shock to me. Right. Because he was extremely healthy and two, I was just like, I can't fix this. As a parent, you want to fix everything for your child and to protect them. I couldn't protect you from this. I couldn't fix this for you, God. So it took, I, I had to use my village. I used to use
0: grandparents
2: and uncles, whoever, to help me to get y'all through it. right
1: right right that makes sense um so uh, you you talked about having that village you know to to help with us and to help you get through those things so I'm I'm wondering to know what were some of the key things that helped you get through that grieving period and and cope with his loss like what were some of the things that that helped with that or that you did whether it was something that was
0: negative or positive like I just want to know yeah so what did you do like did you start off doing something that you realized okay this ain't the this ain't the move this ain't you know right or was it always positive
2: negatively I admit at first I would start looking out for a husband somebody to replace to be that dad for you guys And then I figured it out real quick, that ain't it. Because I was running to people that were just out for what they could get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then I got to the point where, and whether y'all believe it or not, Poppy pushed me into going into counseling because I had gotten in a situation legally and uh, well I'll just put it out there like this at the time India was four years old; she was going to a uh, going into pre-cat she had a teacher that did could not understand or would not understand that she had a death of her father they pushed her into the an uh, ambulance and she freaked out and India came home and told her. so the next day I went to check her you don't do her like that because it was bad enough you're looking for your dad every day you had a picture of him you sit at the dinner table with you every day you talked to him at night you prayed with him at night and then this person does this now. It wasn't it wasn't cool with me. So she said something smart. And I laid hands.
0: Yeah, I was in third grade Yo. when this happened. Uh, and I can verify this story because India's pre-K class is right next to my third grade class, and we were learning division at the time. So when I looked out <laughs> the classroom door, my Principal, Dr. Branch, was carrying my mom out the out the school. So I, I it took me until fourth grade to learn how to divide because I had to go to the restrooms and I wanted to see what the heck was going on because it was a lot of explosives and a lot of bad words that shouldn't be said in front of children. And uh, yeah, we never went back to that school. So that's
1: that. Yeah, never went back to that school for
2: sure.
0: <laughs> and, then, and it wasn't
2: that. But I turned around to sue the school district. I turned around, Granny and Poppy made me turn around to sue the school district because she dropped charges. She had me arrested for assault for laying hands on it. And I'm like, okay, I might have been wrong for that, but eventually the charges
0: were dropped. Right. I well yeah, she kept, do. then she kept putting her hands on India too. Yeah, she kept yeah, her but- hand, she pushed India out the door.
2: in india fell and i heard actually when india said mama she had pushed her out the door in india fell and that's when i snapped because i'm like this ain't cool you are just not gonna mistreat my child
0: you know i just want to add i just want to add to that story um because it was a girl that's in my class um And a couple of years ago, I can't, yeah, I would say probably about six years ago, she had wrote on Facebook that her sister also had that same teacher and she put hands on, on my friend's little sister and same thing ensued with her mama or whatever. But the lady ended up getting fired because it was not a one-time thing. Like she was known for putting her hands on these kids. So I mean, you can, I don't know how many black eyes it takes for you to learn that to put your hands on these folks' kids, but yeah. So why, I keep putting my phone on silent and it keep dinging, I don't understand what's on, and it's on Do Not Disturb, it's driving me crazy. But um, mom, what, what would you say was like a positive thing that helped you cope?
2: I just start working. It was you guys, basically. It was you in India, that kept me focused because I had got to the point, to my lowest point, where I had started suicide attempts. Mm-hmm. And I said, India to live with your uncle in Texas and sent you to stay with grandma. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And come to find out that wasn't a good fit mm-hmm. for India. And from what happened in this situation, we didn't speak to maybe six, seven years ago when we started talking again.
0: Who are you referring to? Who you, yeah, who are you referring to?
2: To Uncle Dre. Oh, okay, your uncle. Oh, yeah, your name dropping. 60, okay, I
0: didn't know we was on that. Okay, all right. You make <laughs> this said, episode spicy.
1: She said, "We, you said this to safe space, right?" She right, said, "That's what she it, said." You said, "I can space keep, space right. she she dro- keep she she it She keeping Name
0: dropping, y'all. Well, I don't I don't
2: know. Know, <laughs> so when India came back and told me this, this, this went off, I called, made a phone call. I'm like, "Here I am, sending you to her." to help me and you did this to her, oh no bro you ain't never got to speak to me again in life long as you black living on God's green earth you don't ever speak to me and it took Poppy to say you know sometimes you got to be the bigger person and you know overlook stuff but it took me up to maybe seven years ago to overlook that Yeah, and that's just being real honest
1: Yeah, I I definitely, you know, it's crazy to hear, um, to hear you talk about that and to say that, you know, um, one of the reasons that you sent me to go stay with him was because you were at a very low, low time in your life. Like, you know, you were contemplating, um, suicide and that's, crazy for me to think about, because as a kid, I didn't, you know, I didn't see that. I didn't see, hey, my mom is at a, you know, a bad, bad place right now. Um, She's struggling. So I need to, you know, what I'm saying this is why she's sending me to go stay here in my head as a kid. I'm thinking, man, like, you know, my mom doesn't want me around or, you know, she doesn't love me or, you know, whatever the case may be in that moment and not, it's it, it just, it's nice to hear you tell
0: your side, you know? Yeah, and to I, be would, able- I would definitely agree with that. Like not being able, you know, young and not knowing. I mean, we're I'm 30, you're what, 25, Indy? 26? So like just now understanding that was the reason for stuff. I mean, I it hits different. You, it I hits different. I couldn't
2: let you guys stay with Poppy because Poppy's wife, didn't want you there and she let me know she didn't want you there. So at the end of the day, instead of bringing chaos and drama to Poppy's house, I was like, lesser two evils. I just have to split my kids. One go with grandma, one go with uncle and they helped me out because I'm to the point by this time I have tried to commit suicide twice. Yeah.
0: So, for those who do not know, um Poppy is our grandfather, and we call him Poppy. No, we do not speak Spanish, but for some reason, with me being the oldest grandchild, I decided to name him Poppy. So, just wanted to throw that on out there. Also, uh, you're working on your podcast
1: voice. I'm I sorry. have. I have been because working on my podcast voice. What is because, this?
0: Yes, I I wanted to be more calm and everything because this episode is spicy. So. I want it to be the wrench to this spicy episode. <laughs> really? Yes. Really? you it, The
2: wrench to the spicy episode?
1: Yes. This is, not this, is spicy. It, this is real life. No, you're right. It's real is. life, but it's, it's, it's spicy because, you know, most times when people, um, they come on podcasts and I know specifically when we've had other people on podcasts, they've been open. But not open, you know what I mean? Like they oh, I'm
0: loving I'm yeah, loving i love this.
1: Yeah, I I I am not opposed to it. Like I said, the whole purpose of this platform is for you know women to be able to tell their stories. And your story is your story, you know, right. however that may look. Right. Um, so if you want to make it spicy, spice it up. Spice <gasps> it
0: see. up. Now, when we say spice it, we don't mean lie, not calling you a liar but we were saying spice it is if you got a name and you got to put dates and you got to tell folks addresses, we're here for all of
1: that. (laughs) All right. So back to, to a more serious, um, back, back on topic. Um, so you talked about having, um,
2: what, what you felt was like a positive, Within I went, your coping I went can- to counseling, I learned different coping mechanisms and I knew what my triggers were, but me not paying attention to what my trick, you know, people would trigger me and I not put them in a place. I let people overstep their boundaries. Mm-hmm. And. When I trigger and I snap out or pop off, as y'all say, then people will tend to look at me as if I'd done something wrong. But what I should have done was nip it in the bud when they first came at me wrong. And I did. So I eventually learned it just took me up to maybe five years ago mm-hmm. to figure out how to put people in their place without just being downright belligerent with it and just i've learned how to be uh what my uh what you guys great great grandmother would call nice nasty and you just say what you need to say you can be nasty about it but be nice and tactful in the same way okay i feel that i feel that
0: so Uh, go ahead india i'm sorry no you're good go ahead you got it okay so i was going to ask um like what were some of the struggles that you struggled with during that time? So I I heard you say that with, you know, boundaries and allowing people to trigger you and things of that sort. So I, you know, me and India know you. So we know that you suffer from um, bipolar depression or that you were diagnosed with bipolar depression and you've learned, you know, how to deal with it. So what were some of the struggles of, you know having this new diagnosis as well as going through a grieving process of losing your husband and having to raise and two then kids. having to raise two kids. Yeah. So the biggest
2: thing with that was um, I didn't want to accept the diagnosis mm. because, one, in the stigma in, in the black community is if you have mental health issues, you're automatically crazy. Right. Right. And yes. if by you seeking help and not just praying to God, is something wrong with you? deeply Mm -hmm. so I struggled with that I I struggled with the medications they gave me one of the medications had me real lethargic Mm -hmm. then another one had me on 10 where I was just bouncing Mm -hmm. all off the walls Mm -hmm. and then there was a, a situation where I needed to have surgery and the Medicine they gave me interfered with the medication that the psychiatrist gave me. Mm -hmm. So me and India ended up in a situation that wasn't good, where I've actually put hands on India. And I never really done nothing like that outside of disciplining her. And once I found out it was the medication I was on, I stopped taking both of them. Mm. until after I had my surgery and then I went back to the ph- uh, back to the psychiatrist and had him to rewrite me a script for something else because I was like, that ain't cool because I never did anything like that and that could have ended up in a situation where I could have actually really hurt her Detrimentally hurt her. Yeah.
0: So are you still on medication now? I've learned how to cope mm-hmm.
2: with uh, learning, put my coping mechanisms in place, mm-hmm. put my boundaries in place. I'd somewhat try to eat right. I've learned holistics, mm-hmm. medications mm-hmm. to take, mm-hmm. and things to do mm-hmm. in order so I don't have to take medication medication so um i know you said
1: that um you took medication but i i just want to know um from your perspective when
2: you would have a bipolar episode what did that look like it could be where i'm extremely excited because the bipolar manic I have is I'm um, from one pole to the other pole. Mm-hmm. So right. in other words, I could be extremely excited or extremely depressed or, right. or, or I could be extremely volatile. volatile Viol- violent. violent.
0: Violent. Okay. Thank you. Volatile. Volatile. Okay. volatile. Yeah. Volatile. I-
2: That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. So I never was extremely volatile. But that one time when I had that, Mm -hmm. medication interference Mm -hmm. most of the time i was always on highs never too many lows and then once they switched the medication around then i started experiencing a lot of lows where i started getting into that depressed state of uh wanting to kill myself Mm -hmm. and then i've tried suicide several more times Mm -hmm. so it it had got to the point where i had to figure out what I need to do to be the best for me, because to be honest, I was just like, I know my girls need me, and I cannot leave here, leave them, leave them here by themselves.
0: Yeah.
2: Because dad's gone, and if I'm gone, who's gonna be there? Who's really gonna take care of them the way I would take care of them? You know something. Let me just pause you there for
1: a quick second. Um, that is probably one of my biggest fears. Because um, for the viewers who don't know, me and Jade have have separate um, dads. We have different fathers. But my father always treated her as if she was, you know, he dang near had her.
0: Right. So he was um, my dad too.
1: Yeah, he, he was her dad too. But that is something that I always... And fearful of because I always look at it this way right so I already don't have my father if something happens to my mother and I lose her then I'm parentless like I don't have a parent right um and so when you when you said that and you um when you said that mom about like you know if I you know something happens to me then who are my kids gonna have that hit home because that is something that I worry about and always have been fearful of it's like man like no matter what lows highs we've been through it's like you only get one mom right. you, only you only get, get one, one dad. dad right so regardless of what happens i'm gonna find a way to make sure that we still good you know at the end of the day we're still good um that my mom knows that i love I care like I do anything for her because i don't have my father you know what I mean
0: yeah that's real that's that's real me on the other hand i try not to think about that like i, I Um, the older I get, the more I try not to think about death because like when my grandmother on my dad's side passed away, um, last January, right before COVID, that was the, that was it for funerals for me. Like I just, I can't do, I used to not mind, you know, going to pay my respects to whoever has passed away or whatever like that. But now I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't like to think about death. I don't like to put myself in any type of situation that would have me where I could possibly die or somebody i know could possibly die so yeah i feel you on that i'm just on the other end of the spectrum where i'm always just like uh you need to have you exercise are you drinking more water are you doing it like that's i guess that's kind of my way of dealing with it to make sure that she's healthy and stuff like that
1: and you know i think another good thing of that i appreciate you know and i was so excited about doing this podcast is because as a kid, when you're going through certain things, right. You don't, you don't know, you don't truly understand. Right. So as a kid, I didn't understand that my mom has bipolar depression or one minute she'd be cool as a fan. Next minute she'll just flip out one minute. She's sad. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Down. Like I didn't understand that. And it's, it's funny that she says, you know, a lot of time in a black community, when you have a mental health, you think, oh, she's just crazy. Yeah. As a kid, I was just like,
0: she crazy. she's crazy. <laughs> she's crazy, right? She's crazy.
1: What's <laughs> wrong with it? But then it's like, as I got older and I started to understand um, and do my own research, you know, once I found out what, you know, she was bipolar and what that meant, it helped me so much because it, it made me understand certain things. Like just how we just said, like, and that moment when she sent me off to go stay with my uncle in Texas, I wasn't thinking, Oh, she's hurting. She's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. She has a lot going on. I'm just thinking my mom don't want me because right. she's shipping me off somewhere. Right. And so hearing her story and hearing what she was going through and how she was feeling during those times, it just like, it kind of in a sense almost makes me feel bad for all those, you know, bad. Thum- I don't, no baby.
2: I never want you to feel bad. I never did it to make you feel bad. My whole thing was I was trying to get the the help that I need to make sure you guys were okay. But in the process of trying to make sure you guys were okay, the person that I trust wasn't the person I needed to trust. So I have learned how to interact. Or how you wanna say, um deal with that person. Deal mm-hmm. with a long handled spoon. I don't, I don't need him for anything. And I mean to be honest, I don't. I have always, when I was younger, I went to school. I have my associates.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I've always worked two and three jobs. And when I got married, I worked. Yeah. So, my whole thing was I've always worked to make sure y'all had, and whether you know people might have an opinion about me oh, she's dressed this way, her hair's not done, she got this on, she got that on. It was because I want to make sure you guys were straight,
0: yeah.
2: And to be honest, this I'm just gonna be real 100.
1: That's that's real though, because I mean, if I think about it as a kid, like we didn't have much, but. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like you were the type of parent that we didn't have much, but when you got stuff, you went out and bought you a whole bunch of stuff. And right. I was the one staring at you looking dusty. Right. No, it was like, when I have money, I'm gonna make sure that you got whatever watches, cars, basketball shoes you wanted. And mm-hmm. I was going to look dusty. Yeah, Not calling yeah, you dusty, dusty but, but yes. yeah.
0: So Indy, you told your experience. So I want to give my experience if that's okay.
1: Yeah, go is ahead. The
0: room's, Just, still, the room's still open.
1: Yeah, the room is still open and, um. It's, it's it's welcome It's we're waiting for you okay all right let me own in
0: all right so me being an older one I was more. I feel like I was a lot more patient with mom because I kind of knew that okay she had this mental condition or whatever and I needed to be nice or whatever like that but I'm not gonna lie me being black I still thought she was crazy because you know right that that's the stigma that you have in the in the In the community or whatever. Right. But it was when I got diagnosed with bipolar depression, because, you know, told you my story, everything like that. When my doctor told me that my primary care physician, when she first, got diagnosed twice with my primary care physician and then with my actual therapist. So when my primary care physician told me that I looked at her and I was like, I'm not crazy. And she was like, no, 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 you're not crazy. And I was like, I don't spaz out on people like that. Like, no, I'm not bipolar. I was like, I'm just, I'm just depressed. I'm just having, you know, sad days. And she was just like, yes. And so she had to explain it to me and I'm looking at her and I'm literally bawling my eyes out because I'm thinking, I don't wanna be crazy. I don't wanna be crazy like my mom and all this other stuff. And so I had to realize like, she's not crazy. You're not crazy. Y'all just have a different way of dealing with emotions. Yes. With emotions yes. or whatever. Yes. So it wasn't until I got my diagnosis. Well, you know, I wouldn't say it wasn't until I got my diagnosis, but I understood. But then I really, really understood once I had my diagnosis. And I had to realize like sometimes you just with people with bipolar depression, sometimes you just have too much dip on your chip. And when you got too much dip on your chip, you can't get out the bed. You can't, you can't do nothing but just sit there and let the chip get soggy but then you have your days where your tip, your chip is crisp and it's like one of them doritos that got all the seasoning on it and you're in a great mood so yeah i i get it
1: yeah and when you said that jay you said that you were um more patient you felt like you were mo- more excuse me more patient with mom um when you got diagnosed with bipolar depression did you have a
0: conversation? Oh, no, 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 no. I did not. Because once again, I didn't want that stigma to be crazy, to be considered crazy. So I had to like, I had to come to, come to senses with it myself. Like I had to get comfortable with it myself. But once I got comfortable with it and realized, okay, this is, this is my new, you is. know, what it is. Yeah. I did have that conversation. Now with mom, it went over, you know, very well. And she was like, okay, I understand. You know, I've had, you know, I've been through this. I right. go through this, right. you know, blah, 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 blah. With other people in my family, they were just like, you don't need to be on that medication. You need to pray about it. And I'm like, if praying, can, praying ain't, ain't working. Right. Yeah. Prayer, prayer stops a lot of things, but prayer can't fix this. Right. It can't fix right. it. Like my, right. my consensus, how I feel about it is that, I'm not trying to get religious, but you pray about it and God gave you the answer to take your butt to the doctor and use your common sense to know that you need help. So,
1: right, right. No, I I appreciate that. Like, um, I appreciate that. And I bet, you know, getting that diagnosis for yourself probably just was like mind blowing. And like you said, just made you understand even more
0: yeah it did it did for sure it yeah. made me understand because i mean when she would be like it when mom would go i'm i'm talking like Shane in the studio hi mom when you would go through <laughs> <laughs> when you would go through like your your manic times when you weren't like the super cool mom or the mom that's taking us bowling every week or whatever like that when you were the quote unquote mean mom i'm just like all right you're getting on my nerves but what can i do to make it better and that's that's kind of how I felt like as the young one, like, okay, when mom is going through this episode, let me step up and be there for India. Okay, Indy, let's, let's get you out the house. You ain't got to go home. You can stay over here with me or we can go to the mall or whatever the case may be to try to like, I guess for lack of a better word, like I was trying to be captain save and save my mom and take some stress off of her. But then at the same time, not let you see mom go through, you know, and that right. was,
2: I that's what I learned with my bigger my biggest trigger was was when you're a manic depressant you cannot stress out, at all at yes, all you cannot so yeah. i had always had jobs that were real demanding
0: mm-hmm.
2: and real stressful and i could not figure out okay i'll be at this job for 6 months to a year and then i'm fired or I didn't turn around and set a supervisor out and tell them what you ain't gonna do mm-hmm. is right. coming me wrong. So I've learned to get a less stressful job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the job that I have now is less stressful, but I still get to be a mom in a sense because I'm the lunch lady. I feed 200 kids <laughs> every day. I got my little picks and chooses. I got my little angels and my little devils. but <laughs> I love my little kids. but I have a supervisor that drives me nuts and he and I and to me it's like he's intentionally poking the bear mm-hmm. and then once I really snap off on him, then he goes somewhere and sit down. Yeah. So, so, I mean,
0: you just have to learn then, what your, what, I mean, when you know what your triggers are and you feel like that you're being stressed, you kind of have to set that say, boundary. Yeah, yeah, you have I, to set I, that I boundary. set
2: my boundaries, but he's still, you know, yeah. he's going to cross over and do what he wants to do. So what I've learned to do is to uh, cut, cut him off and remove myself from that situation.
0: Yeah. No, that's, that's understandable. I mean, I have to do that in my current position that I'm in because my job can be very stressful. So I have to not sign up for different things or have to tell people no with my capacity and stuff like that. So that I won't be stressed out. So I understand it. I mean, we're, we're one in the same with our diagnosis. So I get it. Um, I know
1: you talked about, you know, how you were able to overcome it was, um, I think you said learning what your triggers are, Mm -hmm, yeah, learning your triggers, setting setting boundaries. And I think those two things are the most important things is to be able to know what triggers you and then being able to set boundaries in relation to those triggers. So I want to ask you this. Um, Do you think your life would be different if dad was still alive? And if- That's a great question. How so?
2: Like, how would it be different? I like that. First of all, I wouldn't be stressed. (laughs) And second of all, the goals that we had set for each other, we would have worked toward them. The difference would have been your guys' lives would have been different as in. You probably wouldn't play basketball because he would have had a different direction that he would wanted you to go. And the same way with Jay, some of the things Ain't you were no
0: Hooper. I was just gonna say I don't, don't know nothing about sweat. Uh uh-uh. uh No, no, no. <laughs> you didn't let me finish. I'm when sorry. she
2: was on her little step teams and her little oh, dance teams yes, and all true. that, she probably wouldn't have done that. But he would have had uh, goals, specific goals, where we were planning on staying in St. Louis for ten years, either moving to Texas or to Florida. And his thing was to own a barbershop. And I've after he died, I learned how to cut and do hair. So that was one goal that I, you know, I kept and I do well. Hmm. The other thing was I wanted my own restaurant. Had he been alive, probably would have had it. Mm-hmm. He supported me in what I wanted to do. I supported him in what he wanted to do.
0: Mom, can I just uh be Jade real quick? These long pauses that you have in between sentences. It's like <laughs> I'm I'm like reading the closed caption even though you're in the studio with me. It's like dot 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 dot. I'm and I'm sorry. just like, "Girl, I'm sorry.
2: I'm sorry because I'm trying to put it in. I'm trying to make trying sure. to get her
1: thoughts together. I'm No, to no,
2: no, no, no. It's not that I'm trying to put my thoughts together. I'm trying to make sure I don't curse.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, you
2: know what that. I'm saying? I'm trying to make sure I don't curse because if anybody know me, I got a potty mouth at times. So I'm trying to make sure I don't say anything <laughs> inappropriate. <laughs> Or curse.
0: Thank you. Jay
2: said she was
1: talking and it was still loading, like Netflix.
0: Yeah, it was like it was just like like when I was looking when I'm listening to I'm you. Sorry, talk, I, like, I will speak faster. Okay, thank no, no, you, no, no. You, no, no, you. No, 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 no. You, you Mama, do you know do. we are gonna give you a hard time. You already know. Oh You've been God. knowing me my whole life. You Jesus. know I'm coming with it.
1: And I don't even like closed captions.
2: You know I hate reading. <laughs> I just want to listen. I don't want to read. So I'm just well. I do closed captions because I live with somebody, and they always complaining about the TV was too loud. And so, in order for me to watch TV, I had to read it. I had to do closed captions so I can watch. But you still do closed
1: closed captions. And you live by yourself, so explain. Right, you live alone oh, and you
0: still
2: do closed captioning.
0: And it's a habit. It's, it became a habit. Y'all, when she dog sits for me when I'm out of town, um, she'll come over to my house because, you know, like we said, Chili is very well loved and spoiled. And so I know when she's been watching certain TVs because when I turn it on, it's on closed caption. And I'm just like, oh, she makes me so sick with that. I'm sorry, y'all. We got off on a tangent. Let me get back. Okay. So, mom. Yes. um, Do you feel like you have truly healed and do you feel like your life is somewhat normal after over 20 years of the love of your life being gone and and losing a spouse? Do you feel like you have truly healed?
2: In a way, I have with certain aspects of my life Mm -hmm. in a way I hadn't. Okay. And the way that I have is that I finally over, overcame my grief Okay. in a way I hadn't because my life isn't going to, in the direction that I want it to go. But it is now. Mm-hmm. It's starting to. I'm starting to make some headway into doing what I really want to do. It took me 20 plus years to get here, but I got here. And that's all that matters to me.
0: You about that's to fair. drop that age on this? Yeah, showing.
2: she was. She started. Really <laughs> two quarters, two quarters
0: in a dime. I mean, two quarters in a nickel. Nope, two quarters she and said, two pennies. She said two quarters in a dime. I know that's sixty. I, I, yeah, I don't a do her. Yeah, don't I do a her. Two quarters she, and 50 50 50 three. three pennies. Fifty-three.
2: Two quarters and three pennies in November. Oh yeah. wow,
1: fifty-three. Yeah, You look um,
2: good. Black don't
1: crack, baby. Black don't crack. Um. Okay. So the last thing that um, I want you to leave us with mm. is, are there any tips um, that you would give for people
2: who have lost a spouse? First, go through your grieving process. Second of all, if you have children involved, help them go through their grieving process and be there and just do it together as a family. And if you need help, go
0: get help. Mm -hmm. I I like that. I like that. What what tips would you have for anyone dealing with what we go through um, bipolar depression? What tips would you give someone?
2: If you're on medication, take your medication. If you're not, make sure you know what your triggers are, how to cope with everything, and just be yourself and just be upfront with people about what's truly going on with you. Mm
0: -hmm. And if
2: you're mostly, to be honest, if you're upfront with a person telling, them, look, I'm bipolar, I'm a manic depressive, I have anxiety. If you tell them that, most people will try to accommodate you and Mm -hmm. make sure they don't put what you what you say too, too much dip, dip on, on your, your chip, chip. Mm-hmm. they don't put too much dip on your chip and that way you're not overwhelmed but when you do become overwhelmed talk to someone mm-hmm. do what you need to do exercise my coping mechanism when i'm so super overwhelmed with everything i y'all can and y'all know this y'all can come to my house i have 20 cakes 50 pies, 26 dozen of cookies, Mm
0: -hmm. um, two fried chickens, whole fried chickens.
2: I got got food (laughs) for days. I can feed the United States military.
1: (laughs) No, I I like that. Um, And I think those are all great tips for people who have lost a spouse um, or, you know, if they are battling with bipolar depression. So, I want, me and Jade want to speak to those who, um, those kids or adults even, who are dealing with a parent who is bipolar, um, who is a bipolar depressant. And some of the tips that we feel like are extremely helpful um, when dealing with a a parent who is um, bipolar. So Jade, you wanna go first? we can just uh, go back and forth go
0: back and forth okay yeah so my my first one is just be patient be patient because sometimes they're going to have their good moments and sometimes they're going to have their bad moments just like anybody else with with depression or bipolarism or not you're going to have your good days and your bad days so be patient
1: yeah I like that one um I think another one a good tip is don't judge Mm -hmm. um it's easy to, to judge them and to think, oh, that they're crazy or they're this and that, that, um, but don't, you know, that's, it's, it's literally a, a mental disorder that they cannot turn on and off. off. Right. Yeah. They right, can't, right. they can't pick and choose when it, it just happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, be able to have that judge free zone for them.
0: Yep. That's, I like that one. That's a really good one. And second, I would say to, um, encourage them to seek help or talk to others or take their medication. So, if your loved one is one that is actually on medication, you know, encourage them to take their medication. You know, be their support system or their accountability partner to make sure that they're taking their medication. If there's someone who um, may not actually be on medication, um, encourage them to reach out to someone that they can talk to to help them either learn what their triggers are, or if they know what their triggers are, how to deal with their triggers.
1: Yeah. And I think a really big one is so important, is for you to find your own support. So um, it can be difficult as we know, living with a person who has bipolar disorder, but it's important for you you know, who may be experiencing that, um, to find someone that you also can talk to and vent about your own frustrations or what you may be going through as well. Um, it doesn't have to, you know, just be all based around that, you know, your loved one that has um, bipolar, but also take time for you to to have your own support, you know, for you to have those people that's that, in your that corner. Very, that you
0: very to. important. That, yeah. that one is a big one because if you don't have anybody to kind of vent to or Help fill your love cup. You you'll get kind of your your love cup will be empty, and then you're feeling alone. I guess you could say. So yeah, that's feeling yeah, alone. You
1: you get into depression yourself and all that. Mm-hmm. So it's important mm-hmm. that you have your own supports, support system, um, support team as well.
0: Yeah. Um, another one would be to ask them how you can how you can help them. So it may be you know if they're having one of those days where they just can't get out the bed or whatever like that. What, what what do you need? What can I do to help you? It may be, oh, can you go and get me my favorite whatever? Or do you mind putting some clothes in the washer? Or, you know, it could be ju- just coming here and lay down with me. You know, it could be just anything like that. Like just ask them how you can help.
1: Yeah. And that goes a long way because it shows that you actually do care about what, you know, they have going on going as well. On. Mm-hmm. Um, Another big one is give yourself a break. Um, although your support will mean a lot to your loved one, know your limits. Yes. Um, being around them all the time, it can take a toll on you. Cause like we said, you know, one minute they may be good. One minute they may be off the chain. Like, you know, you, you don't know. So that can be, um, mentally taxing at times. So take those breaks for yourself. Um, make sure that you keep your own needs in mind as well. Um, whether that be going over a friend's house going to the mall um, just doing something that kind of gets you away from that environment for a little bit that lets you be at ease and lets you let you you know be able to just kind of let your guard down and just yeah pretty much self-care
0: yeah Um, and then also which what's I'm going to leave you off with is to listen to them so if if someone is telling you that I'm not having a good day. Listen to you. Don't, don't downplay what they're going through. Don't, don't downplay how they feel. Don't downplay what they need from you. Listen to them actively listen. So if they say I'm not having a good day or I'm not in the mood, cool. You know what, if they're saying, this is what I need from you. Cool. Like listen. And to piggyback off of yours, Jade, the
1: last one that I'm going to going to leave you guys with is yes listen to them mm-hmm. but also be willing to talk about your feelings as well um your feelings matter too right so True. um it's important to like you said to listen to them, to listen to them but it's also equally important for them to be able to listen to you so they know what you know their illness you know how it's affecting you you know right. and you guys can find ways to help each other
0: um just don't do it on a day when they're already manic so if they're already in a down mood or if they're one who like me my moods are either i'm happy or i'm super sad but there's some people where either they're happy or they're angry or volatile like mom was saying so if they're in a down sad mood or a volatile mood that's not the time to to yeah kind of bring that up so I just yeah. wanted to put that out there
1: yeah I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that don't be trying to yeah no you're probably not going to get a very you know very Res- good response, respect, yeah, response time. yeah okay so um first and foremost I just want to say thank you so much mom for for joining us um
0: yes today opening up yes. yeah and
1: being vulnerable with us um and sharing your story um the one thing we we want on this platform is for women to be able to tell their stories because you never know who life you can change or who needs to hear that. Um, so I appreciate you, you know, being willing and open enough to share your story with not just us, but the world and also making it spicy as you shared your story (laughs) with us.
2: Well, I will thank you ladies for inviting me to share my story i wasn't trying to make it spicy like you guys (laughs) said but it was just me being me who i am and i'm not gonna sugarcoat nothing and i really want to applaud you guys because i might not do everything right as a parent but i appreciate the heck out of y'all and Mm -hmm. i love y'all Might not tell you all the time, but I love you. And I got your backs. Y'all realize I have y'all backs through thick and thin. I will walk through the fires for y'all. And y'all have inspired me to push myself in my business even more.
0: Don't sit up here and make us. Don't be cutting no Get out of my studio. Get out. God dang it! I know. Like we I was doing that one. Of, yeah. It was just like okay. Y'all supposed to be thugs. get out. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it out. yeah. You're right. Yeah. Hold yeah. yeah. Let's let let get back a little bit in the studio. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, 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 uh. Yeah. I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, no, for real. Like you, 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 you came in here. And you did make it spicy, but I'm only I only said that to keep from being sad because being your child and I know we've had this conversation and you've always been like, you know, it's a lot of stuff that y'all don't know. But the fact that you came in here and told and actually was able to open up about the stuff we don't know, like, thank you. We appreciate that. And you yeah. you, you I, I'm pretty sure after we drop this podcast on Sunday, we're going to get some messages and emails and text messages talking about how valuable this was because every, every time we drop a podcast, we, we help someone and we never realize that we're helping someone, but I know for sure that if we don't, if, if no one gets anything out of this podcast, I did. Right. I really did. I. Yeah, that's real. And I want to apologize if I was a bad child, even though I was an angel child, but <laughs> I do <laughs> want to say that I do love you too, mom. And thank you for coming in here and, and opening up.
1: Um, Okay, so you guys just got super deep and like emotional, like really yeah. quick on me. Like
0: yeah. it went
1: from thug to emotional to thug to emotional.
0: Because um, you have the bipolar twins over here. So we got to do that.
1: <laughs> a week. No, but um. Just to go along with what you said, I definitely want to give you your flowers, in a sense. Um, give you your flowers for that, because like Jay said, we don't know every little thing, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And um, this is a safe space, you know what I'm saying? We, we've been saying that every episode, we let it be known as a safe space for for women to be able to tell their stories. And like Jay said, if nobody else got anything out of this, I did. And it, it, the emotions that I feel right
0: now, right, right. Literally,
1: yes. like the emotions that I feel right now, it's just like, I am so thankful that we had this, this episode. Mm-hmm. Because even though this is something, you know, that happened when we were younger, mm-hmm. I feel like I was able to heal even more based yeah. off of this episode, honestly. I would agree. I would agree. Um, so, so thank you. Thank you again for that.
0: Okay, so you guys know this is towards the end of the episode. So we want to once again thank our new listeners who, if this is your first time um, joining us, thank you for listening. For our seasoned listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We love you guys. We love all the emails, the social media posts, the personal text messages that we get from you guys. It really means a lot. When we are feeling like giving up or when we may be having a bad day, These messages come right on time saying how much we helped you guys and how much the podcast meant to you guys and how much you guys loved it. So we want to thank you guys. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, upgrowth underscore mindset. And we go live every Thursday at seven o'clock central standard time. And also our new Facebook page, um, upgrowth mindset as well.
1: Yeah. And I encourage you guys. Um, if you are a new listener or a seasoned listener, um, whichever category you, you, you fall in, if you listen to an episode and you know, someone who may can benefit from what we're talking about, or may need to hear what we're talking about, please share the episode with them and do not be afraid to share the previous episodes that we had. Um, we had an episode on, um, a loss of a parent. Mm -hmm. um from the child's perspective and then we also had an episode about trauma bonding breaking points and setting boundaries so if you know anyone who can relate to those previous podcasts and then the podcast today about losing a spouse and dealing with bipolar depression please share it guys like that's what we want yes it's for us to be able to get you know our message out and and for people to be able to know that there's other people that are going through the same things that they are
0: yeah and Everyone deserves a chance to heal. Everyone deserves a chance to know and feel like they are not alone and that things will be okay.
1: Right. So y'all already know what it is. Remember, the mindset matters. And do not be afraid to join us next time
0: on our Glow, our up, glow movement. up Movement. Bye. Bye. <laughs>